Well, hello everyone, and welcome to a new year of Game Store Profits. I'm Luke Navarro. And I'm Mike Perna. And this is a show where we take Christianity and board gaming and some geek culture and smash them up into a pastiche of awesomeness. A pastiche, a pastiche of awesomeness? Of awesomeness. I thought we'd start off the year right. Yeah, alright. Uh, we'll call that starting it off right, sure. So it's not, not actually a new year for us quite yet. We're a few days shy. Yes. We did have a, sort of a major you know, holiday in December yesterday. Yesterday? Two days ago? I don't even know. That's how major it is. And by the time this goes live, I'll be... Uh, well, seeing as it goes live and we'll already be down there probably, I can say that I'll be in North Carolina visiting my godsons and my two of my favorite people in the world. So that'll be awesome. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, I'll be uh, like you. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling here in the next month. But not to worry, folks. We'll uh, we'll still figure out a way to get these episodes out and uh, do some gaming and uh, have some fun. In fact, we'll be doing some gaming tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the D&D crew, uh, Inroads D&D crew, get together again. Um, now, I don't know, Mike, this is kind of a tough question, because I don't, I don't know what your holidays are like, but have you had a chance to play anything since we last recorded? No, I've, I've had a chance to obtain some things since we uh, last okay, recorded. Okay, well, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, I, I can say that, uh, I believe the first session of our Numenera game happened in between our last recording session. Alright, so you did, you, you played something, I, that I counts. Did, I did play something, that happened, you know... A little bit ago, but uh, it did happen in between recordings. I will say that it's a ton of fun. Uh, I have had a couple moments that have, you know, I, I actually talked about this in the tavern, so I'll bring it up here as well. Um, every once in a while, you come up with a character that's it's kind of spur of the moment, kind of last minute thing, randomly based on what your characters are doing. And the second you release this sporadic character into the world, you go, crap, this is... This is going to be the thing that everyone remembers, not the hours of other work that I've put into this. <laughs> this little two-second thing I came up with is going to be what everyone remembers. My first truly, I don't know, defining version of this was a guy who I've referred to as the BWG, uh, which is the big wheel guy. I spent hours and hours and hours creating a Downton Abbey-esque sandbox game in the Victoriana setting... And, like, I created entire household staffs and who's in charge of what and who has to answer to who. And there's a whole noble family. They all have backstories. They all have what they want secretly and what they want openly. Who does everybody remember? There was a carnival in one session. And the carnival had a Ferris wheel. And I just made this apathetic loser run the Ferris wheel. And so when they asked him what, you know, what's going on, he just goes, is big wheel. His big wheel goes up, down, all around his big wheel. He's the freaking guy everybody remembers. In this last session of Numenera, the guy randomly went, decided to go shopping. I don't know why he decided to go shopping in the first session, but he did. He went to this person who sells random trinkety things. And so I said that uh, she sold him this little dog. This little mechanical dog that she con was convincing him that could find... Anything that he could possibly want. So every time he'd ask to help find something, the dog would, you know, kind of rear back on its hind legs and go, arf, arf, object not found. 
oh my goodness, he must have done that 15 times in a couple hours. <laughs> but I I can say things like uh, we had a guy who ran Daffy Duck style, dodging laser beams from a bounty hunter to uh, distract her. Uh, we had my brother tried to hack a mechanical horse. It was it was kind of awesome on a number of levels, and I'm super excited to see what happens with this. See, when you say big wheel guy, I get a totally different image in my head. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm like right back into the 80s, rocking down, you know, Dead Man's Hill on a big wheel. Awesome. I don't. Why do we <laughs> not have big wheels anymore? Probably because they were death machines. Probably because but... people ended up dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I could totally from go for an adult-sized big wheel. I, I don't think the physics would be quite the same. You probably couldn't do sweet, you know, skid burnout things in every direction. But, I mean, think about that, man. When we were kids, I used to haul butt down the middle of the street and just... Without breaking, without doing anything, jamming down, flip the wheel all the way over, the big wheels goes into a flat spin, Goosey Jackson runs into the canopy, you know, I mean, it was amazing. Wait, wait, wait. You knew somebody named Goosey Jackson? No, I crossed over there, don't, don't worry. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so you just, you played some Numenera. I did. Uh, I didn't really get a chance. I don't think I've even been home. You've been doing a lot more traveling than I have. The entire break. So uh, I haven't had a chance. And, uh, you know, it's very awkward because our game night is on Thursday. And this year, all of these fancy things like Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's are on Thursday. Yeah. But very annoying. Oh, I found uh, it annoying when I had to go to work today. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it, uh, had no, not a lot of gaming for me, but that's okay, because we are going to talk, uh, we're going to talk a couple other things today. First, you said you got some games. Yes, it's time to go over the horde. The horde, oh. Yeah, I, I got some pretty awesome things, and you'll especially like one of them, because you mentioned it in the last episode. Did I? Yes, you did. I got Imperial Settlers. Awesome. Uh, yep, I got Imperial Settlers. I got trains by, okay. by a designer. All right, trains. All right, I was thinking planes. No, no, I did not get planes. I same, got same, trains. but different. Very. Yes, trains yeah. created by a guy who's, whose name is almost as fun as Vlada Jvalo, uh, Hisashi Hayashi. I swear I, I, I love these names. I can't pronounce them for anything, but I love saying them anyway. <laughs> but nobody knows that you're pronouncing them wrong, so it's... Just just do it with uh, confidence, and you should be good to go. Do it with flair. Uh, no, I'm convinced several people will know that I'm not pronouncing those correctly, but that's also kind of a thing. What else did I get? I got... When I say I said Imperial Settlers, I said Trains. I got... Oh, I got everyone's favorite pirate game, or at least what I've heard is everyone's favorite pirate game, Libertalia, which has been around for a while, but I'm super excited about it because everyone that I've talked to that's played it and who knows about Libertalia basically says it's like a pirate-themed better version of one of my one of the games that got me into hobby gaming, which is a game called Citadels. Libertalia supposedly it does what Citadels did and it's much better and it's pirate-themed. So gotta love pirates. There's I'm actually a couple of. 
pirate games uh, on my watch list, so to speak. The game, you know, I, I definitely my buying or acquiring process is long and involved. And uh, but I, I have a couple of pirate games that are in process at least. Um, and at the moment, I, for the life of me, can't think. I think one of them is called Grog Island. Well, everybody uh, should want a thing called Grog Island. And uh, there's several. They all have very piratey names, and I can't recall at the moment what they are. But uh, we love pirates. As, For many as years, you should. I spoke like a pirate on Spoke Like a Pirate Day. Speak like a pirate day. Speak like a pirate day. Yes. Y- yar. I remember one year we uh, we had our recording session on Speak Like a Pirate Day, and I was tempted did we to really? Do- I was tempted to do the entire episode. I think we, we, we like did just a couple first couple of minutes, and then we, our throats hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not as young as we used to. We've been in this podcasting game too long, Luke. Yeah, we've got injuries. <laughs> it's a podcasting injury. My throat flares up when the winter is coming. Um, all right, back to actual discussion of, of games added and stuff. Uh, I also picked up from my lovely sister and brother-in-law uh, the. Uh, speaking of Numenera, I got the Numenera character options book, which it's it's a supplement book, as in it's utterly unnecessary. But oh my gosh, is it pretty? Uh, the stuff that is in this, oh my goodness, I'm so excited, I. I I literally just sent an email to all of my players saying, look, I just got this pretty thing. We only have one session in. If you want to change, now is the time. I will let you change because of the stuff that I'm looking at. Uh, like, some of the, the... You know, again, not to go too much into it, but basically this... Your character is a description, a type, and a focus. And that'll determine, you know, your stats and some of the stuff you have and your abilities. I'm... I'm just going to, just a couple of these focuses, or foci, as it were, I'm just going to say a couple of these new ones, and just to, just, just let it roll over your ear, and just, just drench in awesomeness. You have things like, uh, exists in two places at once, meets out justice, uh, where's another good one? Possesses a shard of the sun. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but man, I'm excited to find out. Um, stands like a bastion. Like, this is just... Oh, this stuff is, is just full of possibility. And I'm super excited about that. And the DM guide, which I explained... I think I explained in a couple episodes ago. I wasn't going to get this initially... I was saying, nope, just give me the monsters and the player's handbook and we'll be fine. And then they started putting out all those lovely tables to let you create dungeons. And we all have those... switched uh, game systems there, folks, for those who aren't keeping track and playing the home game there. Look, I'm excited. I'm super <laughs> excited. And I just got these things like a half hour ago. So ex- <laughs> excuse me if I'm talking a little quickly. He's rolling D100s right now. Oh, I could be. That, I that's could a be. clicky sound you hear in the background. I, I could be rolling these things right now, but instead I'm talking to you guys because I love you. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, no, I'm... And that doesn't even include my my total haul when you start getting into things like... 
what the mailman brought me, which isn't Christmas related, but happens to happen at Christmas, because my second edition copy of The Agents arrived in the mail, and that game is awesome, and the fact that this now is a much better, much cleaner version of that game makes me super happy. So in other words, I've added a ton of awesome. Well, it's amazing what happens when you just tell your family, look, look, we've got the new ministry, and I love games, which means all you have to do is find a game that I don't currently own, and you'll be fine. (laughs) And so all of them basically just went down a list that they all asked me for, and so it was good. It was very good. And I can even say, this is how cool, there are actually two instances, not game-related, but I do want to bring them up, because they're inroads-related. One is just kind of kind of silly and nice. Uh, my, my in-laws, my, my parent-in-laws, uh, got me a Christmas ornament, and it is just, uh, it's, a, it's like a laptop computer and a thing of coffee, and it's like your standard desktop thing. And the computer says Inroads Ministries. I'm like, oh, that's it's like adorable and stuff. And then that's awesome. That it's awesome. And my my parents actually for Christmas decided that you know they're like, all right, you know this is becoming more and more of a thing. So you're going to have to be more and more responsible with various paperwork. And they know that paperwork is the bane of my existence. It's the bane of everybody's existence. Oh, it's especially the bane of my existence. Right, fair enough. So they got me this this cool little device that kind of sits on your your desktop, and you can basically scan stuff, and it keeps it all in file, like receipts and various paperwork. You just scan it in, and it literally sorts it all according to what type of thing it is. I'm like, this is awesome! And I can tell that I'm an adult, because I think this is awesome! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was really kind of cool to have that moment this year of, wow, my... Various parental units are supportive of what we're doing here, and that's super exciting. Awesome. So what about you, Luke? I've, I've, I've droned on and on about all the, the wonder that uh, that made its way to my collection this year. How, uh, what sort of fun well, times did you get? I did get many awesome things, but in terms of gamings, I, games, I didn't do quite as well as you did. Um, so the first thing I got was the Duck Dynasty Redneck Wisdom game, which looks absolutely craptacular. <laughs> is this like bird demic level of awful? It's uh, it looks pretty terrible, but uh, you know what? I may just throw away the board and use the cards because the cards seem awesome. There you go. Because they're quotes and trivia and stuff like that. Uh, I did get uh, Power Grid the deluxe version, which I didn't realize actually has some difference in gameplay. Really? I thought it was just a pretty version. I thought it was just prettier, but it's not. Uh, there's some new resource types and new power plants. So that'll be fun to play and get breakout. And then I got uh, the Ticket to Ride Asia map pack, which comes with the the Asia map and also the legendary Asia map. Um, you know, in different uh, expansions. And the reason I wanted that one in particular is because one of them, I think it's Asia, not legendary Asia, but I could be wrong on that. Um, is built for uh, team play. Really? So there's a mechanic in there where you're sharing cards, you're sharing destination tickets, and, uh, you know, because I play with my kids often, that's a good opportunity for me to be able to kind of play and guide them a little bit. Though they're both 
play Ticket to Ride just fine. Um, I just kind of think about it in terms of a, a little bit more of a teaching opportunity. That is neat. That I haven't done a lot of playing with Ticket to Ride outside of like the quote-unquote normal. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, I basically just played regular and then the Europe one, which I'm sure is not called Europe. I'm sure there's, you know, 17 different names for it or whatever, but, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, the Legendary has some, like, way more additional dynamics to it. Um, it's got tunnels and, uh, it's got, uh, tunnel collapses where you actually lose trains along the way, um... So yeah, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting one to play. I, I mean, I'll definitely take it to my Ticket to Ride group and see what they think about it. Um, I do have a game that's on the way uh, that didn't make it for Christmas, and it's not actually a game I'm getting. It's technically a game my kids are getting. Yeah. I love how... Wink, wink. Yeah, I love how you said that. Yeah, technically. And I got this bowling ball from my wife Marge with Homer written on it. Sure, it's for the kids. (laughs) Uh, And it's a game by uh, Haba called, well, in the United States, it's called Super Rhino. Yes. Um, Oh, take take a minute. In case there is somebody listening who doesn't know what Super Rhino is, explain what Super Rhino is. Okay, Super Rhino, also called Rhino Hero in other parts of the world, um, is building a card tower. Now, I know everybody's all tr- done that with playing cards, and it sucks, and it's not very much fun, and they fall down. Unless you're more talented than me. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, the way this works is there's essentially two decks of cards in this game. One is, is, say, floor plans for each level. The others are folded in half. So they form a 90-degree angle, and each card then has two of these 90-degree angles on top of which you put... A floor. When you put you put a floor down, the next player has to. Uh, on each of those floors, there is a floor plan, a template for where you put the next two walls, and you have to put them. Some of them are very, you know, relatively simple, where they're nice right angles and they are widely spread, so you got a good solid base to put the next level on. Some of them are not. They're like nobody would ever put. Uh, you know, it's like in a W formation or or crisscrossy or whatever. Just that would be a little bit dull. And so we have to add the Super Rhino. The Super <laughs> Rhino is a Rhino Super Rhino Meeple, because that's awesome. And some of the floor cards... <coughs> some of the floor cards have a little icon for the Rhino, in which case you have to put the Rhino on that spot. Not too bad the first time that comes around, but the next time the rhino comes around, you have to reach into the lower levels of the game, pull out the super rhino, and put him back on the next level. So essentially what we have is a card-based version of Jenga. If the board hates you. Right. Uh... So, it uh, it looks like it's an awful lot of fun. Um, super hard to get right now, which is the reason. I, I don't know where it's coming from, somewhere else in the world, I think. 
uh, which is the reason why it didn't get here in time. Um, but speaking of things that did not get here in time, uh, I did get some money for Christmas from those members of my family who aren't cool enough to actually find out the board game I want and buy it. Love you. Um, <laughs> and, oh, no, wait, I did get one other thing. Aha. I didn't, I got a, uh, X-Wing, uh, vehicle, uh, Dash Rednar's YT, yada, 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 something, uh, to add to the collection. But, uh, like I said, I did get a little bit of cash, and I am considering, probably, most likely, could be pressing the button as we speak, acquiring Imperial Assault. Of course you are. (laughs) Now, I, I gotta tell you, Imperial Assault, I'm shocked. I understand there was custom issues and all that kind of stuff, but they missed Christmas, and that's that's surprising to me. Well, as it stood, the, the original press releases were saying it's beginning of next year. Yeah, I understand that, but anyway, it didn't make it, and so nobody could buy it for me, because it literally came out, like I think, two days before Christmas. So I am considering purchasing that. The only reason why I have not pulled the trigger yet is because it is, it's a campaign. And really, the only people I can play campaign with is my family. And so I want to maybe watch some play videos again, just to see if my kids and my wife will get it. I know they'd enjoy the idea of it, but just sometimes, you know, I want to make sure it's not overly difficult for them. Um, It's really just dice throwing, but I want to watch a couple more videos uh, just to be sure. Uh, because it's not a game that I'm going to be able to play with my gaming group, because the gaming group is always in flux, um, and this is the kind of game where I want to collect the ally packs. I want to be able to play with everything, um, you know. So that's one of those disadvantages of of not having that very core group of friends, you know, who are right here, the kind of people I spend day in and day out with uh, to play games. Uh, so that's a little bit sad. Um, there is another problem, and that is, uh, it is seventy-five dollars. Yeah, it is. And no, that's not the problem. The problem is <laughs> to buy things at Cool Stuff and not pay shipping. You have to spend a hundred. A hundred. Which means I need to put twenty-five dollars into something else. I'm sure you'll be, you know, having your arm twisted on that one. Which may be King of New York. Mm. I haven't decided yet, but it could be happening. Yeah, I. There are times when I've really wanted to get King of New York, but. There's just so much other, you know what I mean? Like, if I didn't have King of Tokyo, I would buy King of New York so fast. Yeah, I don't have King of Tokyo, so... So then uh, you should buy King of New York very fast. You know, there are some other games that I... That if they were around and easy to get, I would definitely go for it. Um, I really want to get... uh, I really want to get Spyfall. Yeah, Spyfall, uh, currently not available in this country. Not available, uh, at least not in reasonable ways. Uh, you know, I've thought about Castles of Mad King Ludwig uh, as well, so I, I'm probably going to go between one of those two. I just don't know which one it is yet. And uh, so again, I sit there staring at the Add to Cart button and uh, not knowing what to do. The ATST uh, is calling you, Luke. Well, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. That one's going to likely happen. If I if I don't, I'll figure out something else to spend my money on. But uh, 
So yeah, I mean, it was a an interesting year for me. It actually kind of reflects how I thought 2014 went. You know, we we did talk about this, of course, on the last episode, but I have since sort of, you know, ruminated it on it a little reflected bit, reflected a bit, and and I and I kind of continue to say I don't think 2014 was an epic year. It was a good year. It was a solid year, but I don't think it was a great year. And I think we can transition to our next topic. And beca- and in there, I maybe talk a little bit about why I think that. We want to talk about now what what we're looking forward to, what we maybe are hoping for, dreaming for in 2015. Wait, you know, maybe with specific games, but also just kind of ways we'd like to see the board game hobby go. So, my, do you have uh, do you have some some hopes and dreams for 2015. We'll get to the, we'll get to the inroads, hopes and dreams. Don't worry about that, right. folks. But, oh, oh, trust uh, me, I could speak <laughs> volumes on that topic. But uh, for board gaming, well, I, I mean, if you if you want to go to the specific, because you mentioned, you know, we do have some specific games. I I was, as you can tell from the lap, last episode, I was very upset that XCOM got delayed. It it broke my heart. I'm, I'm super excited about that. I want that in my possession, and and I want it bad. Another game that's coming out, it got announced. There were demos this year, but it's coming out beginning of next year. And uh, like you, Luke, I have some, some money from my grandparents, and I might be putting that towards a little game called Spectre Ops from Plaid Hat. I don't is... know anything about that game. I only know what press releases have told me because I haven't been at any of the conventions where they were demoing it. But Spectre Ops is basically a deduction game. If you've ever played a game like uh, Letters from Whitechapel or uh, uh, Scotland Yard or something where there's one person Mm -hmm. who's trying to run around and do stuff hidden and in secret while the other players are all trying to find that person and, and capture them, that's what this is. But it's happening in this like, super sci-fi, cyberpunk kind of setting where one person is an agent trying to get information out of a corporate, you know, headquarters and everything like that, and the other players are all trying to find that guy. Uh, it It's really cool because it takes that, like... I, I think Letters from Whitechapel is a fantastic game. My first time at Gen Con, I, I played it just with a bunch of random people, and throughout the rest of that... that particular year at Gen Con, I'd see those people later and be like, dude, we almost freaking had him! But you're basically, in that one you're just kind of going around trying to find Jack the Ripper and Jack's only special ability is, I can run away this way! Or I can run away this way! But in Inspector Ops, the person playing the, the agent, the guy who everyone's trying to chase, has like special powers and like, uh, you can just drop bomb, like like mines... Like, if the person that end, if ends their turn, like, one space away from the mine, they're stunned. You can, like, there's, uh, there's all sorts of, like, environmental stuff that can happen, and it looks really fun. And, and I like that one-against-many situation. I know not everybody likes that style of game, but I, I love it. Uh, it's probably the role-player in me that gets super excited about that. So the idea of taking... 
that idea of one person who's kind of doing the hidden movement and everyone else chasing after them to, to bring that with all sorts of special powers and and a future sci-fi set i'm like um sign me up and it's plaid hat it's freaking plaid hat so yeah definitely gonna be on my pre-order list and hopefully it'll be closer to on their site it currently says it'll be two to five months i'm hoping it's closer to two because I want to be playing that. Cool. Uh, as as far as gaming as a whole, I'm not exactly sure. I kind of like the idea that we're finding more games that kind of constantly keep you involved. Uh, I cite you know mm. this Dead of Winter with the Crossroads cards. Some mechanic that isn't like it doesn't feel like it's trapping you into the game like. Because I, I, I'm not the kind of person who feels like all attention must always be pay, paid at every second of the time. You know, that's obnoxious. You know, at its core, we are playing a game. So, like, I don't want to people to feel like their whole life and being must be wrapped in the game. But at the same point, I want that that feeling like this is important and you should want to pay attention to this. So I want to see more stuff like the Crossroads cards, uh, like the various apps that you can get. I, I want there to be a reason that in a world filled with all the distractions and the craziness, there's a reason why you put your phone down and watch what's happening on the board. And some games have started to do that, and I kind I want to see more of that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's something that's been happening in war games recently. With, uh, I think it's Infinity, where you ha- if a person moves across your your field of view, you can take a shot at them, even if it's not your turn. Um, and it's those kind of things where you, you do need to pay attention, because if somebody moves across and you don't take a shot, you just lost your shot. This idea where it's always your turn. That's maybe part of the reason why people like games that are more social party games as well. Because yeah, because you're always, you're always involved, yeah. Um, whereas, you know, with maybe a heavy Euro, you're involved in the sense that you're sitting back thinking, but you're, you're not actively involved. Yeah, there are games where, where if it's not actively your turn, you can walk away from that table, come back, and and uh, we, were, we were talking about that when it comes to... Uh, five Tribes. Five Tribes. Yeah. When it comes to Five Tribes, because of the fact that the board can change so drastically between the end of your one turn and the start of your next, you can basically walk away from that table. Now, granted, you know, some people don't care and, and it's still, they're still interacting with the game, but yeah, stuff like the crossroads cards, man, it, it keeps you there. It gives you a reason to do that. And and I like that. I, I completely agree. You know, for me, again, I kind of go back to this thing I've been ruminating on and, I think I figured out one of the reasons why I just haven't been so jazzed this year, even though I played a ton of good games. I would say, as a whole, the games from 2014 were very much middle-of-the-road games. And I'll tell you what kind of kind of really ticked me off, tipped off my brain toward this. When people were calling the best Euro... Uh, Five Tribes the best Euro game of the year. It, th- these games... I would never call Five Tribes a Euros game, even though I understand why people do, because it does technically fit all the categories, and it's very abstract, and, you know, it's it's fine. 
but it's such a simple game. You know, there's there's not a whole lot to think about. In fact, like you said, you can walk away from the thing. And so for me this year, a lot of the popular games were, one, social games. Okay, social games went through the roof this year. Oh, with yeah. With Sheriff of Nottingham, One Night Werewolf, um, a slew of others like that. It was Spyfall we were just talking about. And um, and that and if you throw in stuff like Kickstarters who haven't quite fulfilled their stuff yet, right. uh, I'm super excited about getting two rooms and a boom. Yeah, and and even the like I said, the heavier games to me they didn't feel terribly heavy. Now, don't get me wrong; I often point to the kind of games that I like that are very streamlined, very uh, simple. But I just feel like this year that itch for the more I don't want to say cerebral. How about more involved games? Didn't quite get scratched the way I would like it to. Um, so, now, but I'll tell you what I'm hoping for for next year. And it is a long shot, and it takes a whole lot of words to describe. So go with me. <laughs> <laughs> Be with me on this. <laughs> I want a board gameized, skirmish level, collectible miniatures game. Okay. Okay, I'm going to ask you to define some of those terms. All right, so we already have some board gameized miniatures games in X-Wing, Attack Wing, um, that kind of thing. Okay, even you could go with like Imperials and Assault and Descent and Mice and Mystics and things like that. And the D&D games, etc. Right. Uh, and so what I mean by board gameized, and I think X-Wing is the best example of this, is a game where the mechanics, the wargaming mechanics, are handled largely by components. Right. Rather than by a printed-up army list or stats in a book or anything like that, right? With X-Wing, you've got the components on the base, you've got your your dials to tell you where you're going to go, and you get a card for your thing that tells you exactly what your stats are. But all of these games are, they're squad-on-squad. And so your individual troop versus individual troop. And so for me, that is, that's not war gaming. Okay. That's, that's miniatures gaming for sure. But war gaming to me means an army of some kind. And obviously you're not going to have giant sprawling Napoleonics in a board game fashion. At least I don't think you would, uh, unless it was super simplified, like, you know, a la memoir or something like that. But I think we could have a really cool uh, skirmish level, and by skirmish level I mean a couple of units with that's. But you can still have special unit, special figures within your units, so that your units can change and be different. And I think that if we go the collectible route, a la X-wing, a la Sails of Glory, a la Wings of Glory, a la Imperial Assault, and everything else that's out there and cool right now, would be amazing. The other thing that I would really love is if they just come made, board gameized, right? Like the incredible miniatures from X-Wing, or even Imperial Assault, even those don't come painted, but that level of stuff would be great for people who don't have the time, the money, the energy to get involved in the hobby, but want to do some of this, some of wargaming. I've talked about Saga being my, my favorite game from last year that I played. And, you know, Saga has so much board game ishness 
about it, and I love that about the game. It speeds up the game dramatically. It makes army building so much easier. You know, you're not looking at, oh, are we having a 1,500-point army battle today or a 2,500? No, you're having four. Four points. <laughs> Everything's one point. You know, you don't have to think these things through too much. Um, you know, our army building is actually easier than it is in, say, like an X-Wing or something like that. So I would absolutely love to see that happen. But in general, I would like to see some bigger, more tactical games. One game I didn't get to play last year, but I'm really excited about is Battle of Five Armies. I've heard, I've heard great things about that. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to uh, try that, and I think that might sort of scratch some of that itch a little bit. Man, I just want to see little soldiers on the board moving across and killing each other. Yeah, I I was having a nostalgia moment, and I was remembering when I was a kid, you know, I, I've, I've been hobby gaming since before it was technically labeled a hobby, because my dad you know, brought in all this stuff, and I remember playing, you know, getting downstairs in the basement on a ping pong table... And spreading out the giant battle map for Battle Masters, which was a orcs versus humans tactical game that literally took up the entirety of that ping pong table. And as a kid, I'm like, this is the greatest thing in my entire life. And and there's there's definitely something to be said for that, because really all it was was movement is you move, you know, X number of hexes. And dice was, you have four guys, so you roll four dice. Like, it was really, really simple. But it was that, you know, after a while, we actually would use, like, a back scratcher to... Kind of like in those old uh, movie scenes of war rooms. <laughs> yeah, where they were, like, <laughs> we would do. We would, like, we would use awesome. a, Yeah, we use a back scratcher to move our guys around. Like, we were positioning them as generals. It was so awesome. I love... You know, I'm I'm not as much of a war gamer, mostly because I've never had the finances or other players to get into war war gaming. But I'll tell you what, if they if they did that in a condensed version, I would totally buy that because, man, I I miss games like Battle Masters that took that stuff and made it really simple and approachable because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know we we've got I'm looking right now at all of the ally packs for Imperial Assault. You know, they're seven, eight, ten dollars, right? And you get this new little add on to your game. Why couldn't there be, you know, a collectibles miniatures game where it's, you know, you spend ten bucks and you get, you know, this little unit. This little uh you know, and, and maybe the unit is just a mob of of uh figures that they're not they can't be removed or anything like that. It's just but I you know I I'm sure that there are cost reasons why that doesn't happen. I get that, but uh, I really do think it would be a cool thing and uh, something that I would really enjoy. And a part of the board gaming hobby that that a lot of people who've gotten into board games first maybe don't know. And the more I think about it, the more I think chances are most people don't get in at least back in the day most people didn't get into board gaming through board games you know and maybe that was just my experience but i think it was pretty universal most people got into board games through some other geeky hobby mostly magic but also D or war gaming and you're there and then there's some board games at the store and you play those and eh, these are fun and then you find out more about them and, and you go in there nowadays board games are the entryway right 
And I would love to see board games having some connections and moving things into new directions and, and expanding into some of these more traditional wargaming, which is more traditional, kind of bigger, harder, more involved portions of the hobby. You know, and I think D&D this year was rescued. They figured it out, they got the thing done, and they they pulled that one out of the ashes. And I'm a little bit afraid that wargaming is heading the D&D direction. You know, it's just us old guys with beards. <laughs> and, you know, the new youngins, they don't ever play those kind of games. And they look at us like we're a little crazy when we bring them up. Um, and I would love to see that crossover that connects it, the two worlds. And I think there's potential out there. Like, if you look at some of the games that have happened over the past couple of years, there've been there's been potential. But I, I agree. I don't think there has been anybody that's really grabbed hold of that as their thing. Yeah, and I and I do think it's going to need a really either super solid theme or a license. Yeah, I, I could easily see that becoming a license kind of deal. Because especially if you're going for a, a bridge a, across two different groups of people thing, that usually ends right. up being a licensed product. Well, more and often I, th- than not. you know, and part of the reason I think this is because if you look at what the differences are between Star Wars Armada and Star Wars X-wing, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Just not in space on the ground, right? You know, if if next year in the end of 2015. We're looking forward with bated breath to the squad-based Star Wars game that that is, as Armada is to X-Wing, this new game is to Imperial Assault. I'll be tickled pink. <laughs> you will be the happiest of and happy kids. broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I, I'm hoping for. Uh, for the year, just a little bit more depth, a little bit more heart. And I know this is completely anathema, but less games. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's but not I... going to happen, and that scares me. Because this year we were right on the verge of oversaturated. Yeah. Next year we're going to be oversaturated. Which means there's going to be a lot of junk. It's going to be a lot of noise. We are, and... we are racing towards bubble-popping situations. We here. absolutely are. And... Um, you know, I hope some of these companies, and there are companies like, uh, well, Fantasy Flight. They don't put out that many games, and all of them are pretty much awesome. Right. <laughs> you know? And uh, so some of the bigger companies, I think, well, no. I just, there are companies that are artistic, almost, I guess. It's, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, their games. Just they reach a certain level of quality, and all of their stuff that comes out, they are the blizzard of board gaming, and I really appreciate that. Well, there are other companies who are just throwing everything at the wall, and uh, not to mention Kickstarter, which is who knows what comes out of Kickstarter. It is the wild west of board gaming out there. It, it's worse than the wild west. It's like you know the Mos Eisley of. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you had to bring it up. This is scum and villainy. Yeah. Just all over the place. So, those are my hopes for board games. But, do we have some hopes for our little board gaming community? Like, our particular board gaming our community? Our particular. Yeah, Inroads, Game Store Profits, that kind of thing. 
I, you know, because of the fact that when when we started this little thing, we had to start coming up with titles and everything, and y'all made me president. I, I've really kind of taken that to heart as this year has been developing and, and we're doing all the paperwork and stuff. And so I'm really trying to put out a li- put a lot more thought into the vision of what we want to do for inroads. And a lot of that is probably going to come out in the first. I'll really get all businessy. The first quarter of 2015. <laughs> I, it's something that I've been stewing on, and and it's a lot of stuff that hasn't been you know formally stated or it was formally stated like a year and a half ago when we didn't know what we were doing so it kind of needs a revamp so a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff is going to happen a lot of discussions on what inroads looks like and really defining some of the terms that are kind of loose right now just how we want to do things and and how we want to move forward and I'm I'm super excited about that uh, obviously, I can't go into too much of it because one, I'm still working on it, and two, I kind of want to make that a big deal when it happens. So I, I don't want to just spill it off in a late night podcast recording. But there's some some really, I, I think there's going to be a lot of really great things, and there's going to be a lot more opportunities for people to get involved. I'm one thing that I'm super excited about is just the idea of getting more and more people involved with what we're doing. Which when our various government paperwork thingies happen. It's going to open up a lot more. So I kind of broke down my hopes for inroads into three sections. One is the, it's definitely happening. I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, The other is, you know, it's possibly going to happen and we're going to, you know, it's going to, if we drive and work hard, it's going to happen. And then there's the, holy crap, this would be awesome. And it would literally take the right hand of God because it's not going to happen otherwise. Just because I think there's always, we you always have to be going forward for something and really reaching for something. So in the, it's going to happen and I'm super excited. Episode 100 of, of GSP is going to be fantastic. We've already talked to a bunch of people who have been on in the past. They're super excited about it. I haven't reached out to uh, some of our tavern regulars I want to get on here. I haven't reached out to them yet, but I'm I'm hoping that that's going to happen. I want to get some guys that play on our Pathfinder game. And I want to get T. Morris and Philippa Ballantyne are going to come, and they're going to talk about their, their, the books, the universe of their books, the Ministry of of Peculiar Occurrences. Uh, They made a... They, well, they made it a while ago. They released a role-playing game set in that universe based off the Fate system. They're going to come back and talk with us. I'm going to try and get some guys from Game Church to talk. Uh, I'm going to try... They're super excited about what's happening with episode 100. And the fact that we're on episode 91 right now lets you realize that it's coming. And you should be looking forward to it. As far as the... We need to work on it, but it's going to happen. I I want to see a lot more stuff happening uh right now we've been 95 percent internet based because well we it takes time and people and resources to put together these events and we haven't had those i'm i'm really thinking that this year we're going to be able to do stuff i want to do a pandemic party in january i want to do i want to do more fundraisers for things like uh love true like we did before we're going to do extra life again because anytime that we can raise a thousand dollars plus for a charity i'm gonna sign up for that and we have the past two years i want to crush that this year i want to do more with that 
I want to do more and draw more attention to some of the people who are doing stuff with various gaming. I, I, there's, there's a group in, in Florida called Game Changers, and I've been talking to the guy who runs that, and we're going to do some stuff with them. And, and we get to do stuff like uh, the guys from Fun Hill are going to come on the podcast and talk about uh, Kings of Israel. I've been talking with the guys who do a game for good Christians, which when I first played it, I kind of panned as a Cards Against Humanity ripoff. But the more I've thought about it and the more I've interacted with it, the more I'm excited about it and the more I think that more people should be playing it. Uh, they're going to come on the podcast. There's all sorts of stuff. And then the holy crap, it's the right hand of God or it's not going to happen. I, I want to be doing this. Right now, I have a day job and I do inroad stuff when I can, which usually ends up being I don't sleep much because I don't get to bed until about 2 or 3 in the morning. Uh, I want it to be that I do side jobs to help raise money and support the family while this becomes what I do because I think it's important. I think it's important that as the, the board gaming community gets larger and more and more people get involved with this, that I don't want gaming to be something that the church, like 15 years from now when, you know, things have kind of settled into a not quite fad, but still kind of a thing. Cause we do that. The church, big C church will, will, find something years after it's stopped being at its apex and say, oh, maybe now we should get involved with this. And and it's a crime, and there's a lot of people that are having a lot of hurt feelings now by people in the church when we should be taking hold of, of gaming and really seeing and, and unleashing it and seeing what God's going to do with it. And I, I want to be able to do that because there needs to be people who are focused on this. And it's not just me. And I don't think it should be just me. And I don't think it's, it's just us. I don't think it should be just us. But I really think that we're in a place where we can make that happen. And I'm hoping that by this time next year, I get to tell you guys how awesome it's been that this is what I do now. That's the short version. I, I just went on for about, you know, seven or eight minutes on the short version. But uh, Luke, what are some things that you hope to see? Well, first off, I don't. I get that you're the guy who uh, has to, you know, make the huge life decisions, but I don't see that as a gigantic goal. I think God could do that, and uh, you know, I I think that as well, we get there, there's all the there's all the practical stuff of making that happen, <laughs> right? Uh, absolutely, but I, I definitely see us moving in that direction. Um, and you know, for me, I definitely take a, a kind of a second role here uh, at Inroads, but I'll tell you one thing I would like to do. I would like to see more people. Yes. Like physically actually see them. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to you on the internet, but there is something about actually connecting with people, and uh, you know, I would I would love for us to be able to, and, and this is another one of those big old dream things, but maybe have some get-togethers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to call it a convention because it won't be that. No. But maybe at some conventions, you know. Oh, I would I would love before it. Before or after the conventions and just have a little get together and play some games and get to know each other a little bit more. 
I would love it if, if this year at Gen Con there's more than just me repping inroads because there were. There were at least like a dozen different people. And this is before we've gotten the big push, before we've, you know, been able to get a lot of our stuff out there. There were at least like a dozen different people who go, Oh my goodness, you're Mike, I've been listening to you guys all the time. I love what you guys are doing. And I'm like, That's really kind of awesome. And I'd love to be able to plan and be like, all right, dude, we're going to be in this hotel lobby from this point to this point. Come play things with us. Yeah. I love that. uh, You you know, I love this whole internet thing. And it's great that people, and we've talked about this all the time, that we are a niche within a niche. And it's great that this can be because the internet allows niches within niches to find each other and connect. But it's just not the same. And, And I don't, you know, I mean, just like a meetup at conventions would be awesome. I would love to get to do that. Uh, that said, I like technology, and I, I really hope that we can find better ways for us to play together online. Have, uh, you, have you played with Jacob yet? No, I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Uh, I haven't heard from him about his... But anyway... Our uh, in with the great nation of Germany? Yeah, we, uh, we... I hope that we can figure out ways that we can... Pr- push that. And then, uh, as always, my hope for inroads is always that we help the church and that we can help the church learn how to fellowship just a little bit better, maybe a little bit different. And if we can do that, if we can help people bond a little bit more, become closer friends uh, with the folks that they go to church with, maybe just one church at a time if, at, at first. Right. But uh, I would absolutely love that. All right, Luke, here's here's what I want to say because people ask all the time how they can help. We've had a bunch of people, and there's going to be a time when you're going to hear us at the end say, here's how you can support us with you know practical stuff. But that, that, that time is not now, but I will always tell people, forever and for always, if there's nothing else you can do for us, you can pray for us. So if there's three things, we can each do three, and we'll wrap this up, and we'll call it a day. Uh, three things for inroads or for you specifically that you would want people to be praying for that are listening right now. Well, I think the first thing is that we get all of the paperwork done and through and completed. Anybody who's ever done any kind of official paperwork that has the government connected to it knows that things can go sideways. Yeah. And it's really the first, I mean, this obviously is the first step, you know, building this community and all that, but in order to go legit, uh, this is the, the, the first step that we need to take. Um, so first, uh, we can get all that paperwork through. Second, for me, uh, that once we get that through, we can reach out and have a strong line of support begin coming in for this ministry. Uh, and the first thing I would like to see is it, uh, allow us to be able to travel more and connect with more people, but then to be able to uh, pay you for all of the work that you put in. And then third, I, I would hope that, you know, there are other people out there who figure out that what we're doing, that I, you know, I don't want us to be the only people out that are talking about Christian spirituality and geeky things. And I know we're not. Uh, we run into people every day, but I, I hope that, that that world, that that thing spreads, even if it's not because of us. What about you? You have three uh, three things that people could be praying for for you? I would definitely. I have I have several. One of them 
would definitely be for me personally, and it's kind of a a almost selfish thing. Uh, I would love it right now. Currently, inroads is four people. Three of them are in California. I'm the other one, and I am on the opposite side of the country. A giant prayer that I would love it. And maybe you're listening right now, and you can fill this, and you're you're already the answer to this prayer. But something that I've been praying for, and and my wife has been praying for especially, is that there's somebody that rises up locally that is not only passionate about games or is not only passionate about God, but is really passionate about using games within the the community of the faithful and, and both within churches to build community there and outside the church as outreach. Somebody who's excited and can kind of step in with me locally. Because right now when we run an inroads event, it's probably one of us that's running the entire event. And I would my I have a huge prayer request to get somebody who's just as psyched and just as, as well, to, to use the Christianese term, we don't usually use them around here, but to use it who really feels called to this. That is a that's a huge prayer for me this year. Another prayer would be just that we continue to get more contributors. Uh, I would love to see our, you know, more YouTube content and I would love to see another podcast. Now, granted I'm working with Grant from saving the game and our own Jeff Romo at some point when I can clear out some more time in my schedule. Uh, we have another one that we're kind of spitballing around, but I'd love it if somebody else who wants to talk about this will contact us and, and be part of what we're doing with podcast stuff, not be like also part of game store profits, but another whole set of voices, another whole set of people talking. I'd love to see that. And third, I, I think that I'll give a short little story. When I was in seminary, there was a guy who said that he was going to be a missionary to Hawaii. And we always made fun of him. Because we're like, oh yes, it's going to be so hard, the life of living on the beach and telling people about Jesus, however will you deal. And I started realizing, after after doing that for a while and giving him a hard time and giving him grief, I realized that a mission field is a mission field. It doesn't matter if it's nice, it doesn't matter if it's fun. Uh, when you're doing it right, it's work, because you are still getting yourself in the, the, the dirty and the the messy parts of people's lives and building relationships that go to that next level and I want people to start seeing gaming as missional that you're you're gaming and you're gaming to have fun and you're gaming to build those relationships but the intention of building those relationships the intention of just saying I'm going to be for here for this person when you know whether we're playing the game or not whether I'm happy about them or not the idea of being all in when it comes to building relationships around the gaming table and and yeah, and seeing that as something that you can do as part of your faith and as part of uh, your day-to-day interactions with Christ, just the idea of, of how can I use this thing that I love to demonstrate and to communicate what God has done in my life. I, I want that to become the attitude of gaming with the people who, who love God and love games. Well, we know that God has been working, and he has been doing things, and, and frankly, we've just been sort of riding the wave, and I, I completely expect that he will continue to. I don't know what in the world he's going to do, 
I mean, I have some hopes, but <laughs> I have some things I'd love to see. <laughs> but uh, if there's anything that I have learned in about 20 years of ministry, it is to hold things loosely and to go where God is taking you. And that's what we have done so far. Every time we make a decision, we just kind of wait. You know, we're not pushing things. We're not trying to cause things to come to be because we want them to happen. We are waiting until we see the thing that God is opening up, and then we're moving into that space. And because of that, it can be slower than you might want sometimes. It can be scarier than you might want sometimes. But uh, in my experience, not just in ministry, but in life, that's the way to go. You know, last time I checked, telling God what to do is really a bad plan. <laughs> it never works out well. <laughs> and and so, you know, we just uh, we try to be open. And I hope that you're open as well. Uh, and that, you know, if God puts on your heart to be part of this thing, uh, that you'll move. And that uh, however that happens to come, whether it's going to be in financial giving some point, whether it's going to be writing, whether it's going to be hanging out with us at a convention that you're going to, whether it's just telling your friends, hey, you know what? There's this cool podcast. Listen to it. They're kind of morons, but hey, they're fun. You know, whatever. And, and it's uh, been a while since we've said this, but sim- even simple things like sharing things when I put it up on Facebook, talking about the tavern... And going on iTunes and saying, these guys are awesome at Game Store Profits, those things are actually quite huge in helping us out. So please really, do that if you really like. They really are. Uh, you know, there's so much weird internet voodoo that happens, and all we can say is just get involved. And, you know, we, uh, we've been doing this now for a lot longer than I ever expected that we would. We're, we're three and a half years going on four. Yeah, and uh, that that's... Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I cannot believe that we still have things to talk about, but we do. And, and you know, that's, that's the cool thing about a life with God is that it's never over. You're never done learning. You're never done experiencing. And, uh, you know, there was a great post today, a question asked... Uh, on the tavern about role playing and the uh, life eternal and what we think life eternal is going to be like and my view of uh, the eternal state is that it's not just some blissful la la land where we go it's uh, it's a real life it's a heaven and earth that are new and different they're not the same as they are now but they're still a thing a tangible, real thing with people around us who we will be living in fellowship with for the rest of time. And, you know, I'll tell you what, one thing that we're not very good at these days is fellowship. Is living with other people. And, uh, you know what, board games can help us learn just a little bit. So, folks, uh, you know, just encourage you, the best things to do, go to the tavern on Facebook Go to inroadsministries.com, click around, find all kinds of good stuff, and, uh, you know, just have a happy new year. And as always, in 2015, remember that God is the Game Master, no matter how the dice fall. The pl- <laughs> That's a great way to start the year. How, how, wait, I'm not even going to edit this out. This is going to be how this goes, because after three and a half years of saying this, where you've said it 
95% of the time, I'm, yep, this is a good way to start this year. You I, I don't, a second shot? Have, have I ever messed it up before? I don't know. I don't think uh, you have. This is, <laughs> I think this is a first. So even when you roll a critical fail, <laughs> God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. You rolled a one on podcast ending.